So, we're back in business. We need to think, oh, for next week, probably should have been for this week. Have you played that Night of the... Yes, I did play that. Octopuses. Damn it, we should have talked about it on the last podcast then. We can talk about it next week. What's the difference? Well, it's only like two seconds long. I I just don't know how to pronounce that word. I would if I knew how to spell it, but I don't know how to spell it. (laughs) So I'm not sure if it's like coelophod or cephalopod. That's fine. Save it for next week. We can mention okay, it at the well, beginning. I'm just okay. Fine. I'll look it up. I'll use Merriam-Webster's pronunciation tool. I'll be like, ah. Oh. What does it sound like when a woman? It says doesn't. Does it sound like there's a Q in that? But there is, I guess. <laughs> so anyway, man, I wish there were some squids in this, but it's Iria. There are squids. Like, There's almost a squid. He's sort of like a squid. That's true. He's I like couldn't think totally of anything else. So I was like, let's talk about Iria, even though we both kind of like it. So this show will There's probably There's still not plenty to good. make fun of, Dave. It's still pretty There's, crazy. It's totally crazy. The thing with Iria is all the characters make total sense and they aren't annoying. Well, one of them's not annoying. One of them is annoying. But they're like in this world where whoever sort of captured the market on industrial design must have been retarded. <laughs> well, they they clearly have no sense of style. Iria Even takes if they don't place, have a sense of style? Zero the animation. Because I believe the original... Um, it was originally a movie. And I'm pretty sure the movie was by... What's his name? Keita Amemiya, who, I th- who did Hakaider. Well, there you go. So that's sort of where the... See, I saw the movie once on the Sci-Fi Channel. I don't remember how much of the the freaky-ass art style. It looks like they, some guy really was into minuets, first <laughs> off. And he was like, Arabs, Russians, they know what they're doing. Those are civilizations that have been around since forever. While we were still picking fleas off each other's backs. So, minuets... Probably should go on everything. Also, pagodas. They they probably should basically be everything. It's like engine, yes. Data access, yes. Interstellar time transport device, probably. (laughs) Well, just, I mean, you kind of look at everything and you're like, well, that's a little weird. Uh, Maybe it's just this planet. But then when, uh, okay, so the story behind Iria is that. Uh, in the big bad future maybe i don't know we're in a space traveling age and there are these guys called hunters who are you guessed it bounty hunters and they get assigned jobs and they go do those jobs uh and so you're following around iria and her brother and bob and a guy named bob yeah (laughs) Iria's the main character her brother's name is gren they sort of hang out with a guy they don't like very much named Fujikuro and their boss, the guy who sets up the gigs for them, is named Bob. Yeah. I almost want to say Babu just so that it's more exotic, but it's basically Bob. And Bob doesn't even look like a Bob because he's got like a shaved yeah. head with a ponytail. I've never like met Bob crazy like this crazy braided ponytail. He looks sort of like a... An, a a warrior, like a, a harem guard from Arabian Nights? Yeah, or a Mongol. I could see him as a Mongol. Yeah, that's a possibility. 
He's got a, a broad bladed sword, perhaps. Yeah. It's gang. Or it goes mob. out like a punk in the first episode. Is he that what go the out Mongols like a punk, do? Man. He goes out like all that is man. He's got a flying evil He's got, uh, yeah, bioengineered he, vampire hat. disc <laughs> chewing into it's his a hat. guts. It's okay. You can say it's a hat. <laughs> and he's holding it there. And you gotta imagine, because the way Zerum is apparently a hat that rests on top of people and then takes them over. So it's kind of like, you know, the one ring, except that it's the one hat. So, it's like, <laughs> it's like oh yeah, my gosh. Man, that hat really messes you up. This At first, you're just power. like, man, sweet hat. But then, like, a couple years later, you start going crazy for the hat. <laughs> <laughs> but the hat is actually an organism called Zerum that was created uh, as a weapon, I imagine. And... The Are organisms you sure? sure it wasn't some complex pollen spreading device. They were like, Man, Zerum's gonna bling out all the flowers. Oh my god. <laughs> Why did we genetically engineer this fanged mouth into it? But I mean this Why is... is it able to stretch out on a tentacle like appendage? Yeah. To bite things from afar. And that's how you know that Bob is totally bad. Because when Zerum is chewing out his guts, you've got to imagine that the head is, like, fully extended and just, like, wriggling around inside his chest. Yeah. And he's still holding it <laughs> it's down. It's sort of curling itself around its, his large intestine. Yeah. Just spinning him around like spaghetti on a fork. And he's holding it there, like, telling Aria to run away. Yeah. He's like, don't worry. I will sacrifice myself. And then he mad- I, Joel, I've come around to your viewpoint. Because even after all that, he managed to get on the spaceship somehow. Yeah. Bob is serious business, man. <laughs> that he's ca- still capable of locomotion. Well, what's even better because is... Because seriously, my stomach would be spraying crap everywhere. I would be begging somebody to shoot me, without a doubt. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's what he did. A... He was just like, I just got to look good in front of the girl. <laughs> he like gets in the, the shuttle and they blast off. He's like, put me out of my misery. Elmo's still alive. I love it. The The craziest thing about Zerum is when you first meet him on the cargo ship Karma, um, everybody already knows all about him. He is the immortal space demon, uh, also called at other points a badass, unkillable space creature. Yeah, I but wrote everybody that down sort specifically. Of ins- yeah, everybody insists on fighting him. And not even just like fighting him with rockets and guns. Like, they run out of Explosive bullets. Explosive spiky things. Yeah, they run out of bullets, and then they're like, okay, it's time for hand-to-hand. And I'm like, when the bullets are gone, it's time for running. It's as if Zerum wasn't scary enough when they go in for the hand-to-hand combat. And keep in mind that he's still like a hat with a mouth on it that can stretch out and bite you wherever you are. He puts his, f- his fist up, and claws pop out of his fist. Yeah. Or spikes or whatever. And you're like, I got him. Karate stance. All right, tiger style. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, um, Gren and Iria have some pretty severe tricks up their sleeve. I mean, I don't well, know where they're hiding Gren the utility does belt. kick him in the face. But uh, they've, got, wa- they've got tons of junk. I didn't want to, I mean, this is sort of jumping ahead. It's not really plot relevant, but it is in the third episode. But I want to make sure not to not say it. I want to make sure I say it because it was crazy. When she's, like, ascending the elevator shaft and, like, she, pulls she has out to the jump one, out like, of the scissor roof. Clamp. Yeah, she pulls out something that is a tool that could only be 
specifically for cutting an elevator cable. Well, maybe not an elevator cable. Well, maybe any cable, but it's definitely yeah. only for cutting cables. Really yeah, hard like a cables. rope, maybe, if someone was, uh, what's that thing where they, like, slide down a rope to another side of a building? Rappel. If they were do, well, that's, I mean, that rappel is, like, when you go straight down. Like, this is oh, where, zip like. zipline? L- yeah, zipline. Like, in, uh, God, Tango and Cash, when they have to, like, tie the belt around the power lines and go down and they beat up the guy with the huge chin. You're not allowed like, to reference the- Tango and Cash. That Dude, was Tango such a bad Cash, movie. It's. It's Stallone and Russell. Kurt Russell. The only thing that could ruin a Kurt Russell movie is Sylvester Stallone. Whatever. So anyway, that clamp thing was huge. It was like almost as big as her upper leg. And it just... I don't think you'd really be in a situation too often where you needed to cut a cable like that. Well, it's not like... I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning and have that be the piece of equipment that I was carrying with me. Maybe I would carry more bullets. I don't know. Why wouldn't you just carry around that thing that locks people in an impenetrable field of ice? Because <laughs> yeah, that I might thing have seems a lot to of work those. pretty good. It doesn't work too great on Zerum, but it, it slows him down. Well, it did work on Zerum. I'm not even sure how he got out of that thing. Yeah, Fancy well, they don't show it. us. Yeah, they don't show <laughs> you us You know a what lot it probably was? He got caught, and then Graham was like, ha, ha, and he, like, poked him, and it fell over, and it shattered. And he was like, oh, man. I, I only had one. So dumb. Well, that's. I mean, when we. So, I guess we're only doing the first three episodes of Zerum, but when we leave Gren, he's on a spaceship, inexplicably separated from Iria because he basically just refuses to run across uh, this docking bay, which Zerum yeah. is attacking. He's like, uh, just go. Yeah. Just leave me. And so we. I'll never make it. He says he's going to use the escape pod on the, the bridge. Uh, and then you just never hear or see. I guess you don't really necessarily see from him again. See, this is hard when you do the first three episodes of a show, but you know how it ends. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I'm almost certain that he is Zerum now, right? Yes. Zerum has taken over her brother. But they don't explain how that happens. They basically flash away. Gren is safely behind a door. Zerum has been all torn up by the vacuum of space. And all Gren has <laughs> to do on. is make it to the bridge. And so the only scenario in which Zerum would be able to get Gren is if he, like, walked back there and, like, you know, made sure it was dead by poking him with a stick. <laughs> I don't know. It just – the vacuum of space can't even stop space vampires. How's it going to kill a badass, unkillable space creature? It doesn't even have to kill him, though. The thing is, like, maybe just a little tired from having, you know, had its limbs ripped off. I don't know. Also, the people who made Iria don't really seem to have the best idea of what goes into space travel. Because as they get into their car and they teleport it up into space, which the car is basically like a post-apocalyptic El Camino or like a future El Camino and they're like oh got it's an El Pagoda down, baby it's an uh, El Pagoda yeah. except the space is in the front and there's a Pagoda in the back so it's a convertible and all you need to do to make it space worthy is to put like this weird crystal shield pops up around the cabin which is fine um, maybe it's airtight that's cool but as they're sort of flying around in space and they're talking about how they're going to rescue the hostages and area or whoever is like, what if there's no power in the ship? 
And I guess Bob is like, oh, we'll just tow him behind us with this. And he, like, pops up his hand and a little crystal, essentially gas mask, pops up in front of him. And it's like, so we're going to drag the people behind us with the little gas masks on? For a badass bounty hunter, you don't seem to know really what kills you in space. (laughs) Yeah, it's also really cold. It's not like being underwater. He's like, I think they'll be fine. We got well, he actually thing. says that. He says it beats. it's not fun, but it beats dying. I'm yeah. Like, really? Because it looks like it is dying. Yeah. It's not even that big. It's not like it's got an air tank connected to it. It's just like a little thing that would fit over your mouth and nose. See, when I saw that, I thought he was just testing it, and that thing would expand to cover their whole bodies. I mean, maybe it would. Okay. But it's it was but shaped definitely, like a face. That's definitely giving it the benefit of the doubt. I mean, it just seemed like it was it was shaped sort of in the curvature of a face, which is why I made that assumption. Well, what I like about Iria is that it's a precursor to something important, and that is spaceships with arms. Because when they arrive at the, the cargo vessel Karma, an arm pops out, punches in a code on the, the bay door, <laughs> and then basically opens it. Like, you know, twists the knob to open the, the cargo yeah. bay door. It's like you think you could do that with like radios. Yeah, I. They have computers, right? I assume they do because something shot lasers at the door. Well, when it I arrived. mean, that was Zarum. <laughs> Zarum took over the computer. Remember, they were like, the computer's busted. We're not going to be able. I guess that's why they had to do it manually because the computer was busted. But in fact, the computer was not busted. It had just been absorbed into Zarum, and that's why he shot him with lasers. Maybe that's what happened. I mean, by the time they actually get on the ship... Or maybe that's just how they do that. By the time they actually get on the ship, it really doesn't seem like Zaram has been doing much other than wandering around and randomly murdering people. Yeah, mercilessly slaughtering people for his own amusement. This is <laughs> they also- get into the cargo hold, and there's like 30 dead guys on the floor, and they're like, huh. And they turn to Bob. They're like, how much did you say this paid again? He's like... Uh, like 50 bucks? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not enough anymore, but let's go. <laughs> Peace. It's like well, there can even... still be people alive. Yeah, there are. They're in this room. They're going to stay this way because we're out. I'm the mission commander. And she's like, ah, we can't leave. And he's like, that's why you're an apprentice. And stop wearing those man beads in your hair. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite things about Iria. You know it's how you know somebody's a man? Too. The beads in their hair. That's how I've always done it. Well, it's, a, it's like it's just another of the melting pot of culture. So you've got like sort of the Arabian slash Asian pagoda influence. <laughs> and then it's like the Jamaican hair beads. Sure, why not? Hey, it's all good. But yeah, so immediately when, when you first meet Zerum on the uh, the cargo ship, you sort of start to realize that maybe he's not as big a threat as everybody is making him out to be. He's kind of slow. Well, I mean, he's he's invincible. Okay, I'll give him that. He, you know, he's fast when he wants to be, and he can basically destroy anything in his path. But still, he's only one monster, and it's not even like he's huge. He's basically, you know, sort of the size of me. So, you know, if I was indestructible and I was walking across the planet destroying things... I, All you got to do is stay in front of the 
the last guy who didn't stay in front of Zayram? I don't know. Or you just like – Zay I mean, yeah. Joel. It doesn't really – and it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, he's not really that big a threat. And then you realize that once uh, – in other – like, he can be dragged by cars. So it's like, why not just tether him to a rocket and shoot him into a sun? <laughs> or just have him keep going. Yeah, What's it wouldn't even matter. Do? You just shoot him into deep space. You never have to see him again. <laughs> That's why I don't get how Zerum just keeps showing up places. So after I they, I don't know. He's like Jason. He, he just he just randomly shows up. He's gonna walk across the bottom of the ocean until he gets to New York. Oh my gosh, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you gotta assume from the movies that the camp was inland. Yeah. So so middle America probably. I mean, I guess he could have been walking across a river. Seemed oceanic. <laughs> But it, yeah, the because after after the Karma, which is the cargo ship, is destroyed, uh, Iria escapes in the pagoda, the El Pagoda, and <laughs> like she just drifts through space and manages to come across an inhabitable a planet. Planet, yeah, she just crash lands into it because you know space is just lousy with inhabitable planets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> resort planets as far as the eye can see. So after she crash lands there, finds a fueling station for her car, um, and Space meets Kay. Space travel capable car. Yeah. And runs into yeah. Kay. Immediately, like, probably, you know, after they have the funny introduce the sidekick episode, because, you know, Kay is the scurrilous child who's... Rapscallion. Up- yeah. He's always stealing from her. Um, <laughs> like... You get real into the first episode, and then the second episode, you're like, "What's gonna happen?" And then they introduce these friggin' retard kids. They're like, they're like all dirty. The one kid's got like a pan on his head that he's wearing for a hat. They yeah. all got suspenders on, and they're like, "We're totally gonna steal from her." And you're like, "This is so stupid." But to the kid's credit, they do manage to totally cold cock her, and then they send their triple army in to tie her up. Yeah, well, I mean, if One the of which first loves her titties. <laughs> if the first step in your plan is headbutt, you've created a pretty adult plan. Yeah, I gotta give him props for that. I mean, it's a great plan because the kid runs up and like fake trips. And he's on the ground, or she is like crying. And she's like, ah, 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 and the ear is like, what's wrong? And then she gets up and she's like, wham! <laughs> and she's I caught off it, guard. I thought it was just gonna That's be a distraction, but it was so much more. Yeah, I know. I thought, like, oh, like as she's crying, all the kids are, like, really making this exaggerated tiptoe motion behind her as they, like, put her car up on bricks, <laughs> even though it's already a floating they just, car. They start unscrewing the the minarets or whatever they're called. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, I need those. But I don't know. I, I was kind of traumatized by the way uh, that one Tribble was going after her boobs. <laughs> That was a little. There are uncomfortable moments in area where they attempt some form of fan service, but they I never mean, quite rare. pull it off. Like this is the only one I can think of. Like really specifically, I thought another one was coming. Like predictably, Zerum lands on the planet, or he was always around. Or like at least with her, he was riding shotgun. She was asleep. She didn't notice, um, and he thought it would be rude to wake her up. So he's like, "I'll kill you later. It's cool. Take a nap." <laughs> I like my prey rested. So anyway, that happens. And I love the, like, resort director. He's like, 
ah, you know, Zerum lands in the slums, which I guess all resort planets have to have their slums. I mean, it seems like it's kind of a closed system, at least for the poor. Like, how did they get on there in the first place? <clears throat> Maybe they're like indentured servants. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? They were imported for labor, and now they don't want them anymore. All you know. So is they're he... like, how convenient! An unkillable badass space monster just crash landed on our planet <laughs> in the slums. <laughs> Problem solved. We didn't need that many people to clean bathrooms. <clears throat> and Iria's outraged when she he she understands his plan, which the guy's very cavalier about. She's like talking about getting her space passport so she can leave. And he's like, oh, hold on, I got to take this call. And he, like, puts it on speakerphone. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, sir, sir, Zerum's killing all the poor people. <laughs> and he's like, poor people, eh? And, you know, I don't think you guys have to engage him just yet. I mean, we're not paying you to guard anybody down there, are we? And they're like, well, technically, no, they're all poor. <laughs> he's like, well, then do what you feel is right. And she's like... Did you just sort of say let all those people die? And he's like, what? Is that no? <laughs> Did we not do that? <laughs> well, I mean, I just, yeah. And so, of course, Iria does the right thing by dragging uh, Zerum back to the administrator's headquarters and swinging him into the building. <laughs> Which is like, and then she, like, leaves the planet. What's Zerum going to go after after that thing's done? <laughs> Yeah, I don't exactly know. But this is where we're, it gets really crazy because when you think, well, you guys got just got done telling us that Zerum's basically unkillable. So what is this administrator supposed to do? Well, apparently people can teleport whatever they want, wherever they want, which is another yeah. reason not to be afraid of Zerum. That's how they travel. Just teleport but him into the sun. <laughs> the The scene I took issue Way back when, when we were talking about the fan service thing. I guess I didn't really take issue with it, but I expected to. Because at the end, the kid's like, she's she's made pals with the scummy little kid. Um, and he's all like, he gives her this like weird sob story. And it's like totally out of place. And he's like, you gotta just hold me. Which, by the way, is the kid a girl? Does the kid come back and is a girl? No, it's a dude. Or am I thinking of a different show? It's a dude. Do, does the kid come back? Yeah. Yeah, that's a sidekick. That sucks. Most of I remember from the last half is like, she kept wanting to get her brother's gun from the house. And I was like, why are you so crazy about that gun? Um, so anyway, like she's like, or the kid is like, you got to hold me. It doesn't feel so bad when you hold me. And she's like, oh, I feel so bad for this little orphan kid that like saw all this mass murder. And I'm like, dude, he's not traumatized. He just want to get all up in you. I was like, so I was waiting for him to like grab her ass, which I guess to the creator's credit, he didn't. <laughs> he did steal a hairbeat from her, though. Whatever. We also find out in this episode that Zerum can graft weapons onto himself. Yeah. Which is like the boomer from the first episode of Bubblegum Crisis. <laughs> yeah, I love when he just absorbs that crappy, <laughs> crappy rifle. Where are the yeah, bullets like coming from, Zerum? Where are they coming from? It's like he can actually, he can only fire, like, the 25 that are in the gun. He's just well, got this useless rifle hanging off of him, and he's like, crap! Well, what's even crazier is he absorbs the gun, but then it seems that he can shoot out of every part of his body, because there are moments where he goes crazy and just starts spraying people at every angle. 
And when I say people, I mean mostly children. Because there are like four times in this episode <laughs> where it goes to one of those sort of panning still frames. And it's Zerum just hosing down like 12 kids. Little kids. Suck on it, babies. Apparently, like, no. they show like one picture of an adult woman when Zerum first attacks the slums. And then from there on out, it's all a toddler slaughter. It's like you should have gone to preschool today, little kid. Because you were <laughs> going to get messed up. There's no school in the slums. Oh, man. But I we really got to move on to episode three. Because that's where really Iria starts to shine. Yeah. When she's swinging around on, like, buildings. I just mean, like, Iria, the animation. Like, this is where the show sort of comes into its own. Because this is yeah. where you've got the weird... Uh, I don't even know what to call them. Puff tanks. Yeah, those things, which is, can you defeat them by deflating them? That's what I was thinking. That in this show, um, the forces of uh, the the vice president who wanted to bring Zerum back to the planet to use as a weapon, um, even though I can't emphasize enough that these people have the ability to teleport anything anywhere else, like maybe a bomb. That's what I'm saying. It's like you mess with us, we teleport a nuclear bomb. Maybe just the explosion. They could just teleport a vial of flesh-eating virus. They could already like they could just set the bomb off and teleport the explosion to your planet. <laughs> so it's like as soon as just like you see this green pyramid appear out of nowhere, and then it's all nuclear holocaust. <laughs> Why? Like, we didn't even know. But yeah, so. The the guy who uh, who is the vice president of this company that was bringing Zerum back, Iria has got a bone to pick with him, mostly because he was a total jerk. Um, yeah, he did get her her brother and her buddy Bob killed. Yeah, <laughs> and he was he was saying that he wasn't going to pay her because they didn't return Zerum. Um, but so yeah, she's basically on a mission to murder him, and. Uh, in order to stop her from doing that, they blow up her apartment, uh, attack her with the weird red running robot things, and tanks that look like old-fashioned perfume sprayers. They're basically, they're like a tank with like a little turban on top. Or it's not even a turban, it's like a, a big floppy hat with a tassel. Well, and it inflates before they fire. I don't understand what inflating has to do with firing the gun, because it doesn't appear that they deflate after it's been fired. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I, I'm not a physics professor, so I probably could not tell you, but I'm sure there's science behind it. There's always science. Always science. Always Area fake science. Area teams up <clears throat> with Fujikuro, who was the before-mentioned. Uh, he's like a jerk. He like goes around stealing their bounties, and they're like, I'll get you, Fujikuro. But someone hired him to protect her. And he's like, all right, my only job is to keep you in this apartment and make you wait. And she's like, okay, take me to the company. He's like, no. And then she pulls out a gun. <laughs> and she's like, how about you take me now? It's like your like, argument wow, is yeah. much more compelling. You're crazy. It's like, this is why you're the best bounty hunter on the planet. You, like, psycho bipolar chick. It's like, you couldn't even ask once more? Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty ridiculous. But it, I mean, what's really great is so Iria breaks into the uh, 
the headquarters of the company and is trashing the joint thoroughly, being guided by the computerized voice of Bob, which everybody realizes is Bob except for Iria, apparently. Yeah, she never picks up on this. Now, when I saw this way back on the Saturday anime, I did not see the beginning of this show, and so I thought Bob was always a computer. I was of the same impression. Little did I know. Yeah, well, what's even greater is so she finally, she kidnaps the vice president, uses him a human shield to basically save Bob, who is in a computer like thing. Like a hard drive. Yeah, so she jerks the hard like drive out and then goes. stored on a flash drive. And jumps onto one of their, you know, teleport you anywhere devices. But, you know, so Iria gets away. And as she's escaping, it, like, sort of looks at the vice president, who is furiously rubbing the brass balls that operate the computer. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just looking at it, and it's literally all he's doing is just rubbing them. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. It's like, all right, computer, give me the data. Something's Rub wrong with this. Balls. Yeah, something is wrong with this like, computer. You skip so much. Like, she has this frantic gunfight up this giant corporate tower. Uh, which she might as well have drove, driven a van through the front door. I mean, basically did. Well, I love this. No, this isn't they're like... like driving that tank down the street and they're shouting, this vehicle is out of control. <laughs> this isn't even, yeah, this isn't driving a van through the front door. This is delivering a letter by courier informing them that on Tuesday at about 2.30, I'm going to come in here and kill the vice president and then driving a van through the front door. On Tuesday at 2.30. Yeah, you guys should have, well, we told you. Um, yeah, and she's, like, throwing people through windows and crap. Like, I like the one part where she, like, gets off the elevator and all the guards are shooting at her. And she uses the bulletproof mushrooms for yes. cover. Those are always a handy it's thing like, to man, have they around. really grow some sturdy plants. And then she surfboards on one of them into another elevator. Which then blows up, and it rockets her through the ceiling on the mushroom, which is apparently protecting her. What I want to know is, did the explosion destroy the ceiling, or is Iria just, like, immune to elevator ceilings? Yeah, she's uh, she picked that character trait during Generation. Yeah, that's a weird one, but she knew she was yeah, going to Everybody was like, when are you ever going to use that? When somebody like, don't worry about it. detonates the bomb they planted on the bottom of an elevator, I'll be all right. Yeah, I'll be fine. And she makes it up to the vice president's room, and she, like, jumps out a window with him. Uh, seriously, she's crazy. I mean, well, maybe justifiably so. Guy killed some people she knew. <laughs> well, Iria is all about crazy falling things. Like, event. I mean, let's not forget that eventually she's going to graduate away from the grappling hook to the single wing glider. Oh, sweet armor upgrade. Yeah. It worked. See, now when they do it in this show, it's cool. But when they do it in Final Fantasy Crisis Core, it sucks ass. <laughs> Why is that? You need to examine the, the deeper meaning behind this. Yes. Next week. It's because Iria is hot. It's okay. There, I said it. <laughs> I also really, I really like that rifle she's got. Yeah, it's totally it, dope. It looks so sort of like handmade. Well, that's what that's what's like, really cool like about Eerie. Together, it's got a real Tatooine feel to it. Like the entire series is all kind of like they have space travel, but nobody nobody has glass in their houses. So you're just like, 
<laughs> what century is this? Where are you people coming from? You have shields that can it's protect the you. Anti-future. Yeah, it's like why wouldn't you just put one of those shields on your house? I mean, I'm, I imagine the heat transfer has got to be pretty efficient. Save a lot of money on yeah. air conditioning. <laughs> well, yeah, you wouldn't have to uh, heat your house in the winter. The Chris, the light would just refract off the crystal and boil you alive. <laughs> but you'd be warm. It's true. You would be warm. The end of the show is she escapes through the teleporter, which is like, why is the teleporter located right next to Bob's computer anyway? Why wouldn't it be? They have teleporters everywhere. I guess he's got some control over the teleporter. Yeah, you you really think they would put that together. (laughs) You could even teleport like a couple guys through one of those things. That would probably work. If you did, you could just teleport the guys into, like, some president's bedroom. (laughs) Like, we won! I don't even know why they have elevators. Why not just teleport places? Conceivably, it would be more It doesn't even seem like a particularly expensive commodity. Like, people use it all the time. I don't know. So, at the end, like, she teleports away. And then she teleports this pendant back to the president, which is, like, very precious, but only because it had the data on Zerum on it. He was just faking like he loved that daughter in the pendant in the picture. So she teleports it back. He's like, oh, thank God, my data's back. And he picks it up. And, like, it was rigged to shoot out smoke, which at first I thought was, like, poison gas. Which would have been like, better. Man, area. That's that's rough, but no, it just sets off the sprinklers, and you can practically hear the like. What's even better is that so the the smoke comes out of the pendant, and before the sprinkler goes off, the computer isolates itself with crystal, or it puts up one of those force fields, and then the the uh, the sprinkler system goes off. So the warbling trombone comes in. You know everything's right with the world, and then it cuts to a shower scene, and that's the end of the episode. What better way to end it? Uh, she's all right. The weird thing is, man, I really don't like that song, the like beginning song that I describe as like it's like so it's like this weird Japanese Bjork song. <laughs> it's sort of ephemeral, and it sounds like it's being sung by a retarded person. <laughs> so you know, Bjork. <laughs> Basically, that describes her to a T. <laughs> and then the ending song isn't much better. That's why I liked it, like, watching this DVD, and it's like the totally chopped up For America one, and it's like, just cuts right into the next episode. It gives you, like, a one-second title screen. It's like, here's the name. Well, All right, go. That, uh, I mean, that kind of makes sense, though, based on, like, in the third episode... There's like five minutes of flashback to the first two episodes. Yep, don't need it. Not even sure it was there. No, I was having trouble skipping it around, watching it on my computer. I couldn't like really maneuver the mouse that finely, and I was like, there's no way I'm listening to this friggin' opening th- song again. So I was trying to skip because, like, you know, they put it every two episodes. That's, I guess, because that's how it was on the tapes, and they're just incredibly lazy. <laughs> um, so, like, maneuvering that the touchpad on my laptop around to try and get to the next part of the show. And I kept skipping things and I'd skip back and the song would be on. And I'd be like, ah, the song again. No. So eventually I was just like, all right, it doesn't seem like too much time has passed in this episode. Let's just go with it. 
Yeah. Like, I really need to know the plot of Iria. I need to know who's the next guy she's going to shoot with that rifle. It's always Zerum. That's always the yeah. next guy that's about to get shot. She needs to branch out. She's clear. I mean, she's clearly insane. Like, the jumping out the window and making the guy think they're going to plummet to, the de- to death and then grabbing onto another window and swinging him through the window, basically using his body as a shield so he gets, like, all wrecked by the glass or wood or whatever it was, and you're kind of fine. But, like, you still got hit by some of it, and that's how you know it's, like, the true crazy because she's hurting, but she doesn't even care. She's so into it. And yes. then, like, you know, whatever the hell I was kicking. <laughs> I like how she kicks the guy in the ass when, like, when he she's tries to get away. Bob. Yeah. That's and he's, her, like, uh... sneaking away, and she just boots him in the butt. It's like, what an unceremonious gesture. <laughs> well, he wasn't getting away, and she was letting him know why. Yeah. She's like, oh, no. Squeal, Piggy. It's like, what? Piggy squeals. Puts a knife up to his throat. Squeal. All right. Oink. Oink. I think it's, it's commendable. <laughs> you know, yeah. No, louder. Yeah, show me you mean it. I, I think it's commendable. There should be more shows with crazy main characters. And she, frankly, I don't think she acts crazy enough. Because I think she could act a lot more crazy than pulling a gun on a guy that, like, admittedly, she doesn't like him. But he just promised I mean, to protect on. her and did save he her like, life. He, yeah, he was like, I'm, I, "My job is to make sure you don't die." And she's like, "Listen, buddy, it's like, <laughs> this gun says you're taking me to to Don Tipiday, the most unfortunately named company in the universe. I mean, literally, it's there's a book, and they were voted the most unfortunately named company, and I think you know why." Even though they seem to have prospered across many, many galaxies. Yeah, well, who could forget a name like that? It only takes you three times to realize what's actually being said. Yeah. Tepidon Tipidai? I was oh, like, yeah. huh? Tepidon and Tipidon? What? Tepidon Tipidai. They're the guys that make the uh, the perfume tanks, right? Yeah, those are the yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. See, you never forget it. You see one of those perfume tanks, you're like... Oh, yeah, those guys. And then it inflates, and you're like, oh, no. And then that's another, I don't know. They should have sent those perfume tanks after Zerum. Then he could have absorbed one. And then at least you knew when he would come to get you, because he'd get all puffy. It's true.
pictures on this computer and then I got it back and I've got all these pictures from like karaoke and I've got this one of scabs where there's two people singing in the background one of which I remember being a really funny dude and scabs is sitting in the foreground with light shining on his face and he's looking up very pensively and the two people are perfectly framed on either side of him Ah, it was awesome. It's an epic picture. Yeah. It's that, God, don't say epic. That word is banned. Why? I love it. Because you have to be very very cautious where you use epic. I use it all the time right before I pop my collar and crack into a Heineken. Oh, no, Joel. Oh, my gosh. What's the problem? Throw me a Heine, brother. (laughs) 